So turn off your television sets, turn them off now, turn them off right now, turn them off and leave them off, turn them off right in the middle of a sentence I'm speaking to you now, turn them off! <laughs> welcome welcome back to episode no, no, that right <laughs> episode four of our recap of the outsider and it's called i don't you speak don't spanish can you speak spanish it's um el coco loco or no i'm just playing. El coco. i'm just playing it's not el coco loco but it's um well, say that one more time. It's KVNA El Loco. El Sar. KVNA El Coco. And I'm guessing that's VNA. V I E N E. VN or VN. I should have asked. Should have asked Mo. Anyway, it translates to the boogeyman is coming. Yeah. Yeah, because cause VNA is, is, to, is to come. So, excuse me, Veneer is to come. So it's, um, the, yeah, the boogeyman is coming. The boogeyman. I, I do remember something from Spanish class. It's crazy how your brain recalls the stuff in it. Yeah. Alright, so this episode was very Holly heavy, but we both agree that it should have been. Um, she's a very complex character, and if I needed a private eye, I would hire her. She's thorough. Um, she's she's very um, uh, what's the word I'm looking at? She, she, she questions the things that we wouldn't think of because she's okay with the quote unexplainable so she's willing to listen to almost anything and that's and that's exactly why i think this reveal in this episode needs to happen through the eyes of holly because jumping forward just a little bit um like we get to see her process so when she went to the bar and the bartender was talking to her and basically saying like oh it's almost like he transmitted murder like holly didn't instantly dismissed that she was like you can't transmit murder but the bartender is like yeah what if it's something else and i think if that would have been any other character in that situation it would be like nah that's stupid but maybe just maybe that's what's going on just maybe and you know the the way that they did it i really really like that because it was very much said in past i'm like man he caught it you know exactly and it's, and it's almost like, because I, I always tell people all the time, because, you know, of course, there are so many people now that are homophobic. I'm like, you can't catch the gay. I say it all the time. And when she said he caught, that, I was like, it's kind of, it's, it's like, yeah, you can't catch murder. Like, <laughs> you can't. Yeah, you, you can, but in this case, but, there, there's, hmm. no, there, there's a connection here. So maybe we need to entertain that. And to clarify, I still agree that you can't catch the gay. I just want to put that out there. All right, so Holly um, sends Ralph the info she has on Heath's case. Heath is the guy, we didn't know his name last episode, but he's the orderly or the nurse from Peter Maitland's. Is it a hospital or a psych ward? Or See, a hospital? At, first they said, at first they said hospital, but now it's really like an... I wouldn't even say it's a psych ward. I, like, it's I like can't a, tell. Like an elderly home? Yeah, that's what like I was thinking. And it seems like he's been there for a while, so I wouldn't assume it's hospice, because hospice is usually no more yeah, hospice than hospice weeks, right? If you, yeah, if you got one foot in, yeah. Yeah, it's like just, just comfortable until you pass on to glory, but he seems like he's been there for a while, so I don't know. Maybe it's just a assisted living home, maybe? 
Yeah, let's go with that. That's where that's where I'm leaning. All right, we'll go with that. And Ralph, uh, looking at the way it's it's shot and <laughs> how groggy Ralph sounds, seems like it's pretty early in the morning when she sends him this info and she tells him to email. Um, she seems she she's wired because she's always wired in a way. Uh, don't know if she sleeps. I'm assuming she does, but it doesn't seem like she does often. She may be one of those people that sleep for efficiency and not for joy. <laughs> or play. Right. Um, she is when I say she's very thorough, Holly. I mean it because the receptionist has told her to leave her alone. She is convinced that Holly's a reporter, so Holly follows her um, to her house, and the reporter pepper sprays her. Holly freaks out. And she's saying, and it, it tripped me out that she got pepper sprayed, and her first reaction was to ask for help from the person who, who, who attacked. I guess you could say attacked her, but who sprayed her? Because in her, it's like her mind doesn't, didn't fathom the fact that she wanted her away. It was just like, oh no, I'm hurt. Can you help me? <laughs> like she did it to you. Of course she knows you hurt. Like what are you? But it just, it just plays into how Holly's mind is. You want to say she's simple, but she's anything but simple. Like, she's not simple at all, but her interactions are. They're very pure, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's like she's lacking just basic, um, like, I guess, basic human response or interactions. Like, she's lacking that, but she makes up for that by picking up other little details normal people, normal people don't. I think she asked her, do you speak English? And um, Holly... Is, is asking, she said, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not a reporter. I've told you I'm not a reporter. I'm a private investigator. And she shows the receptionist her identification. And once that, once she understands or believes that she's not a reporter, she guides her in the house and then helps her with her eyes. While there, Holly does her job asking her if Heath was, um, had, had done anything. Did you believe that this was happening? And the receptionist is like, they, I won't say there's no way but she's convinced that Heath was innocent because he doesn't have it in him. He's not this type of guy. I've worked with him for however many years and I've never gotten even an inkling that he could be this violent. And Holly's like, well, I know this isn't any comfort, but most of the time it's how it works. Yeah, (laughs) they're all all psychos in disguise. And she's like, you're right, it's not comforting, but that's not the case. And she's like, "The, the craziest thing about the whole thing is that Heath wasn't supposed to be there. He was on vacation. I don't know about you. I'm not going to work if I'm on vacation. I am not. Not at all. I'm not even trying to go to the street that my office building is on. I while don't I'm want to be close enough to toss a rock and hit <laughs> I don't even want to answer the phone. <laughs> That's where I'm with it. So she tells her that not only was it weird that he was there, but his demeanor was different. Um, she says he's usually very friendly and he, you know, kind of chatty. But that day he just kind of said hi and kept it moving, which was odd for him. Odd behavior for him. Um, she mentioned how the janitor saw him also because he and Terry Maitland fell. And that's when we see that he scratched Terry. And we noticed that when Terry gets up, he does look at his arm. And this this was a, an, an interesting little trick played. It's like such a minor detail, but when you hear that Terry bumped into the nurse at the hospital, you don't think anything of it. Why? Because sometimes we're kind of ignorant and don't realize that, hey, a male could be a nurse. So we don't even think about that. 
Right. <laughs> You're right. Because it didn't even it didn't even occur to me. I was like, oh, he bumped into a nurse. No big deal. Right. I didn't I didn't think about it either. You're right. That's crazy. We gotta stop being so sexy. Um, people in the same thing that happened to Terry in his murder investigation is happening with Heath. There are people who swear they saw Heath with the girls or they ID'd him. They say he was in this place, but Heath's mother says she was with him the whole day. Now, this would be a little different because it's his mother. So people would be more inclined to believe that she's covering for him. Um, versus, you know, Terry, who was on a plane. So now Holly tells Ralph about what happened and how she got pepper sprayed. And, you know, Ralph was like, oh, no, she could have blinded you. I'm sorry that happened to you. And I'm just thinking, like, he's really a nice guy, it appears. Like, he's just he's just a nice guy. And um, the story matches the one that Jessica told him about Daddy having a cut. And then... So we see later on that the receptionist allows Holly to come into the hospital to speak to Peter. Now, this was a very weird exchange because, yeah, Holly goes in and she says, my name is, and he interrupts her saying, I know who you are, or I remember you, or something to that nature. And I'm like, uh, okay, this is odd. He says, you had four queens and my wife had four jacks or something like that did he say my wife or my mother my wife I think I think he said my wife well, somebody some woman in his life had four four jacks and Holly is trying to do what Holly does she's asking questions and every time she tries to ask a question about Terry Peter interrupts her and for people that don't just just in case you don't remember Peter is Terry's father he interrupts her every time and at one point Holly just stops asking questions and then that's when Peter just looked, what well, he finally says, you know it wasn't him. No, he says it wasn't him. And Holly asks, was it who? Peter says, you know. He says, he really fooled all of you. And then he starts to turn up the volume on the television. To me, that signals this conversation is over. Well, it was two things. I'm like, either this conversation is over or he's turning up the television so nobody else will hear him. Yeah, I thought he was turning up the TV because it was like, hey, no, no folks listening. So right. let me turn on the TV real quick. But no, he's he's just uh, a man who's out of it. Well, honestly, we don't know because once he turned to look at Holly, she was gone. Now, my favorite part of the episode is the next thing we see with Holly is that she meets up with Andy, who's the head of mall security. And um, he's ask, she's asking for help. She's saying, you know, I wanted you to do some, some investigating on the Hofstetter case, which is he. And Andy's telling her, well, that's not going to work because no one's going to speak to you. They're not even going to let you off the elevator. And she says, well, will they talk to you? (laughs) And he's starting to understand, okay, she's trying to get some info. And he says, well, I will, I will try if you have, if you have dinner with me, I think. And she's kind of like, what? Huh? Huh? He's just like, you know, so we can talk at a restaurant or something, you know, if it's okay, kind of, and you're kind of backing off, like, uh oh, I've done too much. And then she says, a restaurant is fine. I'm like, okay. See, I was right, right. about him choosing. All right. But I didn't know Holly was with it. Was Holly with it. And, and he, he, he does this corny thing that men do. And he says, there's, there's only one thing you need to know about me. I have the strength of 10 because my heart is pure. And Holly laughs. 
and I laughed because I'm like, oh, that's a sweet line, but yeah, relax. I already said I'll go out to dinner with you. Relax. Um, he kind of just goes about it or whatever. So they make it to dinner and they're about to, to, to toast. And of course she says her famous Ace Vagata. And Andy's like, are you serious? You know, so I'm assuming he understands it. I don't know how he understands it, but whatever. And it seems like they have some kind of commonality because she's telling him about where she was born or her people. And he's asking questions as if he knows the region or the, the lifestyle, the work and all of that good stuff. Um, she she is saying that she's from a Pennsylvania coal town and he indulges her and with his knowledge of coal and they spark a conversation. It's, it's, it's going well. They're having a nice day. And she says she has friends who called her Tom, Tom, Thomas. And he yeah. said, the dark one? <laughs> like, are you serious? And she's like, I didn't mind it. I'm thinking, you probably should have, but probably should have somebody say how you should feel and of course the first thing I thought was dark as in complexion because she's black and then the second is dark as in like your soul right which is weird Holly seems comfortable with Andy and um he he she's like okay so Peter Maitland (laughs) and he's like okay so it comes I thought we were vibing I thought we were off that but anyway you're right Peter Maitland tells her that the investigators searched all the suites and found a DNA match in Peter's suite which um, Keith had been in that day or the day after the murders or Bizarro Heath at this point we know it's Bizarro Heath they found that that wouldn't be enough just the DNA there wouldn't be enough so they searched his home they found a pair of bloody underwear and the investigator showed it to his mother and said make some mother proud now the problem with that in my opinion is the same thing I have with Ralph exactly I was just going to say that exactly yeah I understand that police officers get all emotional and, and they're trying to prove a point or whatnot. But there's always room to be kind. And in that situation particularly, that felt very unnecessary. But that's what they do. And um, we find out that his mother later got in the car. Well, it seems like right after that, she went to her car and sped into a pole committing suicide. Then later on, Aaron, who who's his brother, who was um, already had a, a couple... He was already in with the law on occasion and had a drug problem overdose the deceased girls the Williams girls grandfather had a stroke who they remind you of uh, yeah this is following the same pattern of the um of the, the family of the boy that bizarro Terry Nathan killed right and then the mother tried to poison herself did not die and ultimately died later same I mean it's almost the same exact thing right he hanged himself but still he was on life support and they had to take him off so he suffered just like the mother tried to commit suicide but she suffered so I'm like okay this is totally a pattern it's weird it's really weird now after the date ends Holly and Andy um well they decide they haven't ordered Holly says she doesn't want food but she orders what you say Jack and Jack with a water back I said okay Cool. Hey, okay, Holly. We, we thought to do it. <laughs> and Andy has the same. So now they're on a date. Just, I mean, they're on a date anyway, 
but this is like turning into really a date. Really a date. They leave and they're walking. I guess he's walking her maybe to her hotel or they're walking to wherever. And he he she's showing him her skill with height perception. You know, he's asking her about the building heights and all this good stuff. The coolest thing, which is, it, he asks her how tall she is. She says, I have no idea. He asks how tall he is. She tells him at pinpoint accuracy, which is like, there that that means that anything involving the present almost or herself, she's detached from it, and it's it's almost like what she knows is all history. So she says she doesn't remember. She says she doesn't know the date, today's date, without looking at a calendar, but she knows the the significant events of anything that happened prior to today and then she can't she doesn't know her height because I mean I guess she's not looking at herself she can't look at her the way she can look at a building or another person so it it has to be something outside of herself that that she can use to use her gifts or talents Andy asks if she wants a nightcap and she says she has to get to work and he's kind of like oh okay whatever and then she surprises him by grabbing him and kissing him surprises me too yes i am shocked everybody is shocked and then she walks off where she's going (laughs) now she's done she goes to a bar and um wait does she go yes she goes to the bar and she's talking to the bartender about what she's doing and she's telling him about how two guys have the same pretty much the same story when it comes to the murders and she says um the first guy caught it from the second guy i mean the second guy caught it from the first guy or something to that of that nature and holly says of course you know you can't catch murder or you can't you can't catch being a murderer and the bartender's like well what if it's like a virus you could catch that which makes sense because it's starting to it's starting to seem like that's what it is like this is really becoming a lot like Fallen, except well, and yeah, it's a lot like Fallen because he had to shit. Like but these are—it looks like these are coming from scratch. Um, the Holly has a, a stroke of—I mean, a, a flash of genius like she usually does. She goes back to her reception, the receptionist, and asks her since they were friends, did did Heath go anywhere? Did he do anything? Did he mention anyone? And the receptionist tells her that he took a trip to New York City. He didn't really say anything. He said he met a girl and he sent her a postcard. Holly grabs the postcard and it in fact says, I met a girl, don't tell mom. And she grabs the date from the card, which was February the 10th. Holly then looks up the crime in a crime database or she googles crime in New York City or something and she yeah, it's like weekly um, NYPD crime reports yes that's what it was and she finds the story of Maria Canellas and she was arrested on February 19th and she finds out that she's being held at Rikers who was at Rikers what show we saw that was at Rikers HBO keeps it uh Keep it canon, don't they? All right. Holly, um, they show a, a small clip of Holly in an MRI machine. And, of course, we know she's done a lot of tests. They're trying to figure out how she's she's skilled or they're looking for a cure, whatnot. I I think it's just because of conspiracy theorists in me. Give me a simple hat. Run a lemon bar. 
Okay. Okay, I'll pass it over to you. Thank you. The conspiracy theorist in me is thinking, of course, these people aren't trying to, quote, cure her. They're trying to figure out what she has so they can weaponize it. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> because, okay, okay, because <laughs> also, what is slipping into her hand as she's going into the MRI machine? It was that doll, right? Okay, so now that we know she's from Trinidad, um, what, and I knew I saw those dolls somewhere. I couldn't put my finger on it, but what gets practiced, you know, in the island, specifically, you know, in Trinidad? Voodoo? Um, yeah, particularly, um, like Santeria. So, yeah. So maybe it has something to do with that. And it felt like the her nanny Gracie, who she saw in the MRI, MRI machine, was giving her that doll for protection. Yeah, the, and and yep. that's exactly the point I was gonna make. Like that doll, like covers her. Yeah. Yep. Um, Holly is calm after she gets it, and you see that she goes to Rikers to meet with Maria. Um, Maria's a little bit, well, I won't say a little bit, she's a lot tougher than Heath when it comes to prison. Um, she makes it known that when she got in there that the the women tried her and she grew up with uncles and brothers and cousins and a dad and she said, those bitches learn early. <laughs> she wanted to be mixed. Don't try me. Try Try Jesus. <laughs> Don't try me. But, um, Holly's kind of telling her the story about the guy, which we find out is he. And she shows him the picture. And to to my surprise as the viewer, Maria's like, I don't know this dude. I've never met him. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't remember him. I work in a lounge, and guys are always hitting on me. I don't know. It's crazy because the episode opens with her and, and Heath having breakfast. Why, why are you lying? The man just showed you his pancake to serve ratio. You showed raw eggs. Why are you lying, Maria? But then I realized, oh. <laughs> oh, I go right again. Oh, shit. We go again. <laughs> and Maria's very adamant. She's like, you mean you want to talk about the boy that I've never seen, never met, never touched? I didn't kill that child. And once Holly's telling her about he. Maria's like, well, what does that have to do with me? You know, I met the guy. He was persistent. I told him to meet me for breakfast. And as far as I know, he's still sitting there because I'm not even into guys. And I just left him because I didn't want to be there. So we're we're like, oh, okay, now I get it. It was it was dark uncle, dark auntie, <laughs> Maria, who met with him. with a dark uncle. I can't believe it. Right? See, so Maria had it first. Okay. And um, she, um, you see them having breakfast, and then they later had breakfast, and she scratched, <laughs> she scratched his back in the throes of passion, enough to draw blood. And that's when we're like, okay, clearly this is it. This is it. Like they're not trying to hide. This is how it's transmitted. Right, this, this is it. And um, we see later that. Maria's father and uncle were in a bar. It's kind of shooting the shit, having a beer, chilling. Oh, no, think- let's let's back up. Let's back up before that because, like, okay. I think before Holly goes to Rikers, you see a scene of a man driving in the car, but they don't really. But it's just a scene of a man driving in the car. I I, I don't think they really say who this man is. They don't. Right. They don't. They just, you just see him get up, and it looked like he may have been at a church or at a um, you know how the hospitals have the. Little- 
the prayer yeah. areas. I guess it's, it's a church, but it's it's a very small area where people go to pray. It looks like it may have been something like that. You're right. And he he got up. Yeah. Uh huh. He got up and left. And like you said, you just see him driving in the car, and it looks like he's just kind of looking for something, like maybe a car or some kind of something, because he's just driving. It's not aimless. It looks like he's headed somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And we see now that this guy was headed to the car that Maria's uncle and father were at. So he asked the, the men, um, do you know Maria? And they say, yeah, I'm her father. She's my niece. And I'm like, oh, this is odd. Like, I, uh, I just, I've never been in a situation where I had somebody where I was old enough to have somebody question me about a family member who's who's been accused of something like this. So I don't know how I would feel about somebody walking up asking me if I knew them, because I would probably be like, who's asking? Right. You know, or why? But they were just like, yeah, I'm her father, I'm her uncle. And he says, well, my grandfather is, I mean, I'm the grandfather of the boy he killed, she killed. And he shoots both of them in the head. One shot, simple, to the dome, and it was like, oh my God, close range. And he just turns around and sits down. So I'm like, okay. And, and, at, this, and at this moment, I was like, this is very Stephen Kingish because um, basically, in, in many Stephen King novels, there's a small town and often like Castle Rock, based on based on like the area where he's from in real life. And an unnamed evil comes to that town and just causes chaos. And and that's and that at that point, I was like, oh, this is this is like classic Stephen King right here. It's his it's his it's his nah, it is his thing. Right. Like his signature. Like Spike, Spike Lee has people on rails in his movie. Stephen King's gonna have a, a evil come and steal or eat and kill your children because he's a weirdo. Yeah, because he loves killing children. Yeah. So Holly is talking to Maria and Maria is 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 because uh, she's she's holding on to her faith. She's like, I'm here because God wants me to be here and there's nothing anybody can do about it. But as long as I keep him close, I'll be okay and I am a Christian I love Jesus I'm not ashamed of that but uh I don't know I don't, I don't know about yeah cause the the, the, the forces she, she's fighting against I mean you know yeah it's like the literal devil or one of right we find later one of many a legion you know so um she says you can't cause Holly's saying don't let me help you because you know who killed a boy you know you know who did it and she said if I say his name they'll take me out of here and put me right in the psych ward and Holly's saying no let me help you Maria says you can't help me no one can because what he does can never be undone now behind them is a lady sitting with another woman visiting and she overhears them and as the prisoners are leaving she writes a note and hands it to Holly this lady's name is uh I die. I die. Italy. How you say it? Uh. Idilis. I don't have the name in front of me. Hold on. I D I L Y S. I D I L Y S. Idilis. I D I L Y S. 
Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Hold on. Yeah. Idlis. It. It. Yeah, because I googled it and, and it showed me an air purifier, so I don't know. Idlis. Okay, we'll say I. I tells her. Uh, she asks Holly, "Who were you told would come and get you if you didn't behave?" And Holly says, "What she say, Jumbie?" And you know, my family was from Trinidad. And I tells her it well for me it was El Cuco. Who who was it for you, Ronnie? Was it the boogeyman? It was pretty much the boogeyman. It was, it was yeah. The boogeyman. Yeah. Boogeyman. The boogeyman is gonna get you. So um I tells her this story about, you know, from generation to generation to generation, it's passed down that El Cuco will come and get you and eat you. Which is weird. I was never told I would be eaten, I don't think, but I'd be taken away or something. I they never said murdered, but it was pretty much the boogeyman will get you. And in my mind, it was do something terrible. I just figured I would be deceased in some way, but whatever. I just feel like the boogeyman will like just just like tickle you to the point where you like die from laughter. But oh, that's like sweet. Gruesome. That's sweet. I don't think I got that, but that's a nice way to put it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Like the boogeyman was absolutely <laughs> terrifying, and my brother used to do that all the time. It just it just showed me I know one thing I'm not gonna teach my kids about any kind of boogeyman coming to get them if they don't go to sleep. But anyway, what what uh, Idlis we're gonna say her name is Idlis. Idlis is saying pretty much the problem with the story is we took reality and made it a fairy tale. But the truth is, it's it doesn't matter what you do, how good you are, how bad you are. It takes what it wants, which is horrifying. Yeah, because. We, we were trying to figure out like the the why behind all of this, but it's way more terrifying if it's just that random, and that's the case. It's just that. It's like you didn't do anything right. You do anything wrong. I just want you, and I can have you, so I will take you. Right. And not only will I take you, she says he's also known as the grief eater, meaning that he craves not only the pain of the innocence that he takes, but those left behind which explains why all the family members are dying also, because he, she said he tends to linger. Um, then, it got very disturbing, because Holly decided she wanted to Google or research El Cuco and the Grief Eater, and some very disturbing images came up, and I don't play with demons. Oh. I don't either, and, and you know what, so they did, they did this on purpose, but they would show you the title of the particular monster, but blur out the entry because they want your curious, curious ass to go Google it so you can look for it yourself. But I'm not gonna do that. I'm tell you who ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna do it. Your boy ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> so that's where it ends with Holly. Um, throughout the episode, of course, there was there were a few subplots. Um, Jack. Um, they show him hunting he kills a buck and then he takes it to a remote location in the woods his rash is clearing like the blisters are gone now it's just red in the beginning and then you see him shopping he goes and buys various items and a bunch of lamps he bought a bunch of lamps and he takes them to the same place where the buck that he killed is and Tamika comes to the police station and she's telling everybody that she's having a party to celebrate for her baby and Jack is totally ignoring her so she confronts him and she's like are you mad at me 
and he's like no i'm just you know buried in work she's like the thing's not even filled out you're just staring at the screen he's just looking at the same form that he's had open for like ages not doing any work right you're just sitting there and he's like no no no, seriously I'm, I'm okay i'm just hungover i'm okay she's like jack he's like no 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 i'm fine She's like, if you don't come to my baby's party, she said, no. He's like, I guarantee I'll be there. Now, the last time they show us his neck, his rash is gone, like virtually gone. And I'm at the point now where I'm like, okay, Bizarro's at, uh, but see, I think there now may be a difference because remember we were trying to figure out where, like where the doppelganger is while the other person is, while the person where the person is while the doppelganger is doing his deeds right i think this is different because i don't think jack has a doppelganger i think jack has become like a puppet of some sort exactly and yeah i think he has to he was like as long as that rash was there he was on his uh, the monster's control right so there's that's why it's not like jack was in two places at once because this instead of jack being a host jack is the is under like there's some kind of mind control over Jack. Um, Glory, <laughs> Lord Glory, Glory has been looking for someone to homeschool her kids because of course they are on uh, what did she call it sabbatical because they've been expelled for being which is the dumbest thing in the world, but whatever. Um, she tries to hire a lady who says she's a teacher of math and language arts and she's got references from Florida, Georgia, and somewhere else, but they're all postmarked from the same place. Gloria's smart because she pays attention to this kind of stuff. She gives this lady a fra- a simple fraction Jesus to, like, Ooh, fraction. <laughs> to solve and the girl can't solve the problem. And I must admit, like if, if you're like it doesn't matter if you if you haven't studied mathematics like if you're at this point of, in life and can't and can't convert that fraction then what what are you doing? We got a problem. Exactly, we have a problem. And Glory's like, um, what are you a reporter, a YouTuber, a vlogger, a blogger, whatever it is? Get out of my house. And this reporter is trying to tell Glory, don't you want your story told? I I can tell it the right way. And I'm sitting there thinking, how dare you? Seriously, how there's no way you thought this would that she would figure it out and then say, you know what? You're right. You should be the one to tell my story. The line came in here to present that you're gonna help my kids. You're the one. People are dumb. But um, so Glory throws her out, and they show later on that she's at dinner with Howie and his wife and she's trying to just she's just trying to eat like she's just trying to and you can hear the people are whispering and one bold individual finally says something to her is like where are your kids hopefully nobody's gonna come and want revenge i'm like yeah really really so howie bless his heart gets up and tries it and gets knocked across the room <laughs> thankfully <laughs> thankfully Ralph is there and he tells the man look you need to pay your bill you need to get out of here and you need to do it now because you know pretty much I ain't Howie and I kick your ass so that went there and it, again I, I like the fact that they keep showing 
that Ralph is a decent guy. He's a great guy, but they keep showing how much damage he's done because he has done some damage. Um, speaking of Ralph, we start with him and he's his storyline is showing that he wants Yoon um, to show him the footage of Terry at the strip club, pretty much. Well, all the footage they had, the video surveillance they have of him from the strip club. Um, he goes through the footage like with a fine tooth comb and he's really just trying to see what he can get out of it. I had nauseam at at a point because we're like, God damn, we went through this video like 36 hours. Like, what are you looking for? What do you think you're going to see that we haven't? But he did. And what he saw was Terry scratching Claude on the hand. Claude is the strip club owner that he interviewed in the very beginning that told him that Terry was at his club. Um, Terry goes to speak to Claude about it and he's like do you remember that he scratched your um wrist that night and Claude's like I don't know I mean did he I don't know man and he says well do you remember anything else about that night do you do you remember anything at all and Claude's like man I told you everything that I know everything I remember so that's it he's like alright then good night and then he talks to Merlin who's the little boy, or I say little boy, the child who stole the van that has all the prints and the blood and everything else that, that Bizarro Terry used to pick up the child. And Merlin says, I lied to you about it. I was in that park a lot and I saw who took it. And Ralph's like, it's fine, you know, it's just okay. Can you, can you describe him, what happened? And he's like, well, I saw him and I didn't say anything about it because he's scared he was pretty much saying he was scared he said well did he say anything to you did he run after you did he do anything the boy was like no nah, he have to and have to <laughs> he did not you have don't, to you don't have if you don't have a face you don't gotta you don't gotta say nothing you just gotta look and i'm like okay he don't have a face we're good anybody that can survive without a face can probably do some damage and it also kind of made it seem that his presence the weight of his presence you know his aura all of that was enough Right. And um, he, Ralph asked Merlin, could he draw him? And he did. And from what I could see, it looked like a faceless man in a hoodie. Is that, is that Jason Bateman being a, playing a faceless man? I don't know. You're the one who looked at IMDb. So <laughs> is it? Is that what you I saw? Don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm scared to look again because I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> um, so that kind of wraps up that episode. Um we I think Ralph is coming around I think he's starting to accept the unexplainable even though he has no tolerance for it because he really doesn't have a choice this is what's happening and you can't explain it away and you can't deny what you're seeing whether it makes sense or not um Holly I I think I think we mentioned this off there I don't know if we got it on the recording but that's why this episode needed to happen through Holly's eyes because she like she is now willing to accept that there's there's something supernatural at play I think Ralph was like just looking for the answers but if he was presented with that first he wouldn't go down that path and be like wait this is this is we can't explain this who somebody and like you said too most most importantly holly 
doesn't guffaw <laughs> at anybody saying something that doesn't make sense. Like she doesn't stop at it. She's just kind of like, you know, huh, possibly. Because do you think anyone else would have entertained Idlis? Nah, not at all. Like not even a little. Ralph probably would have rolled his eyes like he did the first time he met Holly, to be honest. And I was just like, okay, lady, have a nice day. Uh, don't know <laughs> what's gonna happen now. I don't know if Holly was doing some sort of ritual or she was trying to like summon El Cuco. I hope she wasn't, because that would be batshit crazy. Or she was just taking a bath. Like, she may have just been taking a bath. But, um, Did I. Did you see the preview for the next episode? Uh, I don't remember right what happened. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> I'm not ready for what's gonna happen. What happened? Uh, tell, tell me what the preview. Okay, is. so you see, um, and and remind me of her name, um, um, Ralph's wife, Jeannie. Yeah, you see her in the kitchen, and she turns around, and the faces man is there. Mm-mm. Yeah. You know what else I think is odd? Um, Terry's family is still relatively okay well they're not okay but they're alive so the grief eater didn't get them okay okay I think not necessarily I think okay think about what happened to um um the lady in Rikers what happened to her parents so the grief eater wants the family of the um of the um, presumed guilty to be alive so people can harm them. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Because the victims' families did it to themselves. Right. You're right. And, and yep, you're right. Because What's-His-Face was about to be murdered by the guy in prison. You're right. Heath. Huh? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Heath was about to be murdered. Terry was murdered. Um... And Maria probably would have been, but she, I think, one, her faith may be helping her, and two, she was holding her own. I mean, Maria is a very pretty lady, so I feel like in Riker, she's probably the belle of the ball. So, you know, maybe that I'm joking, but I, I just think it, I just think, I just think with her and, um, with her, there may be maybe something protecting her as well like like I certainly hope so because she seemed confident that she was going to see that's what I'm saying because she's like because she's got she she has God she's there's an understanding that she has for the whole the whole thing so maybe because she gets El Cuco and the grief eater and all of that good stuff she she knows it so maybe because she's praying and she's asking for protection and she thinks that she's in there because of God that is what's covering her. Yeah, I think I think you're I think you're onto something here because she she identifies like the evil she's up against, and I don't think that's a throwaway um, comment that she says. You know, God got me. So I think I think yeah, maybe she yeah. is protected. Because she's like, as long as I keep him close, then you know. But you, I, I hadn't put. I'm glad you brought that up because you're absolutely right. The the ones who are pre- presumed to be the murderers are usually murdered and the victims of the deceased usually do harm themselves right 
or have a or have a stroke or heart attack or something. Man, this is awful. Like it's it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really bad. Um, I it it's showing though, glory teetering closer and closer to the edge. Yeah, something's gonna happen with that. Like somebody's gonna harm her, or she's gonna have to. I don't know. Something's definitely gonna happen with her. And it could have because she let that lady in her house, and the lady could have. I mean, she was there to do harm, just not physical. Because her saying you want your story told is just, you know, of course that's a cop out. You just want a story. You don't care if it's the right one or not. You just want one. So yeah, that that is. God, I had good good catch, good catch. I try, uh-huh. I try. <laughs> Enough, okay. See, this is why I don't give you confidence. Um, I, I I'm interested to see what happens with said faceless man. Um, I want to see what's going on with Claude because clearly, he's the next. The his doppelganger is next. Cause he's who Terry passed it to. Yeah. So right now. As of today, our start is Maria. We don't know how Maria got it, but Maria, in this, in, in where we are now, Maria was first, then Heath, then Terry, and then Claude, and Jack is separate. Something different happened to Jack. And now I'm wondering how long it takes the, um, for all intents and purposes, let's call it the virus, how long it, it takes the virus to, like, manifest itself within someone, you know, like, like, what's the incubation for this, for this, you know, for this particular virus? Okay, so I'm thinking that too, because Terry um, sent that postcard on February 19th, mm-hmm. and his murders didn't happen until, I want to say March the 6th. I think that's when they say his murders happened. And Maria... It looks like she got arrested on February like the 10th or 19th or something like that. I feel like it was the 19th, but... Yeah, she got arrested February 19th, which means she scratched Heath. Had to be like the 9th ninth, the ninth or the 10th. And then she got arrested on the 19th. Like so I'm assuming may, maybe, just maybe, you pass it right after your murders because Terry Terry passed his right after his murder like he went to the strip club and passed it to Claude and then he passed it to Terry the day after the murder because that's he, he definitely passed it right after the murder but I I guess I'm wondering how long okay so you pass it on to someone how how soon does it start with them or are they just in waiting until they're, they're summoned I guess I don't know we'll see like, we, I guess we can try to figure it out at least how, how long it lasted with Terry because if right. Terry scratched on right when um, right the day after the Williams sisters murders then that would be right after that and then I don't know when his murder occurred, when he when his doppelganger committed his murder so I mean, it looks like it could be several weeks. Yeah. Either way. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. It's so weird though because again, you're t- there's a there's a second person 
or does the person just do what they do and then they just they commit the murder then they pass it and then they go ahead and phase out to whoever that next person is because I'm just wondering how can you be a doppelganger for like for several weeks if you're out doing stuff but maybe you're not like maybe he's not just like the doppelganger's not just out roaming the city okay so so think about okay okay I think we're about to connect the dots here so I think about what the what the girl said about the, the visits she said he um said he had a, he didn't have a face then he was he was inky then he looked like dad but his face was different and then he looked like dad so so maybe so maybe after the scratch it does take um several days even up until a week for that full um transformation to happen hmm. i wouldn't be surprised yeah i would not be surprised i think maybe the next episode will well okay maybe this is just maybe Jessa told him to stop or something bad was going to happen the preview is showing something bad about to happen because like you said if the faceless man is visiting his wife that's bad for Ralph something happening to Ralph is bad something happening to his wife is worse because he's still grieving his son yeah so the grief eater could probably get her leaving Ralph, you know, to grieve even more because he won't stop. Or he, I, I, I couldn't imagine imagine him becoming genie because it doesn't appear that the people see that they're the faceless person. They just get a scratch from somebody that you know don't maybe not even realize they got it. I don't know. It's gonna yeah, be I, either either way. This will have a good end, and everybody's gonna die. So <laughs> that's the what? close remarks here. Don't. <laughs> I hope you don't like a character because they won't make it out. Probably might, maybe. Yeah, I, I, well, well, I'm like ninety percent sure Holly will only only because she's in several books, but everybody else they won't make it out. And what do you think that Jack's that that setup he did with the book and the lamps and all of that stuff around? What do you think that's about? Okay, so I, I, I'm trying to read this in one of two one of two ways because the the deer represents you know purity and innocence, but at the same time, like with all those supplies there like is he giving the faces man food and supplies and an impossible abode out in the woods I don't know but a lamp I mean if you buy why are you buying him a lamp that, okay, uh, a, that's, an that's electric a, lamp like a lamp you have to plug in okay, yeah that is a good question yeah. Yeah. Like he wouldn't buy flares and and solar lights he bought like it's just weird it's just weird I don't know but I do I do I will stand by my theory that of course this is the thing leading him because he's talking to some something you know he's saying whatever you want me to do just make it stop whatever you want me to do and he did it and it stopped like the rash cleared up so yeah I don't know I don't know how much time has passed 
I imagine this is all like in a matter of weeks. Like I, I still feel like this is a pretty tight timeline, so I don't think much time has passed. Okay, so it's not like Jack has had this rash for like a month. Nah, nah. This, especially with Jack, I think Jack has only had the the rash for a, a week or so. Oh yeah, cause cause Tamika's still on crutches and right, right. Yeah, not that much time has elapsed. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Well, I, I, I. The only <laughs> takeaway I have, honestly, from this episode is I don't play with demons. I don't play with them. I mean that. Please visit thekidswearcrowns.com and buy some merch. We don't, just after like next episode, you don't hear any more recaps of this show. You know why? Because we don't play with demons. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, if you if you don't hear any more recaps after this, we just gave up on this show because we don't we don't play with demons. Like, we just we, we just quit. We were like, you yeah, know, we just we just like nah. We we gonna like we gonna like recap like episodes of like of like Sanford and Son or something until like, the show comes up. That's right. <laughs> we are done. It's over. We will see what happens next week. And I kid you not, if it gets into uh, hereditary territory, we out. I'm but gonna stick with it because I'm hard headed, but yeah. And I'll just be like, I'll just, I'll just ad lib. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, and what else? What else? Early. Daily. Hey <laughs> <laughs> yo, that's what I'll do. I'll be your hype man. Free, much, much obliged. Appreciate it. But until next time, guys. Seriously, please visit thekidswearcrowns.com. Uh, comment, like. If you like this podcast, please show us some love and give us some comments, some stars, five of them if you really, really, really like us, or even if you just like us a little bit. Appreciate it. But until next time, God bless. Peace. Most definitely God bless. Peace. <laughs> cover this podcast, Lord Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, Lord, cover this podcast. Sprinkle some oil, Lord. <laughs>